This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 10th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Now that Brexit is a done deal, the EU and UK will be negotiating trade deals separately, including one with each other. How will that play out? And is Boris Johnson the free trader that we might hope? Cato's Simon Lester comments. Now that the United Kingdom is out of the European Union, I I spoke with Ryan Bourne about this uh, recently. And uh, one of the concerns that I had was, well, maybe with uh, the UK out of the European Union, uh, we might see a lot more illiberal policies come out of uh, the United Kingdom. In the realm of trade, how likely do you think that is? Well, I have the same concerns that that you do, um, and we'll see where things go on trade. Prime Minister Boris Johnson gave a long speech about this uh, just uh, yesterday, just on February 3rd, I think. And uh, he said a lot of good things about trade. He certainly w- was was talking the talk about how you know free trade is good, and, and the UK should be a role model. And the UK, you know, will will go back to its uh, you know former stature status as a as a you know pr- promoter of free trade throughout the world. Um, so so that was all good to hear. There are some some worrying things going on when. The UK renegotiates its trade relationship with the EU. Um, there's the potential here to to keep a fairly good trading relationship, but some of the the rhetoric, the political posturing that's being done from Boris Johnson and others, really worries me. And I I, I would hate for the UK, no no matter how uh, idealistic some of its its leaders you know sound at times, I would hate for them to end up in a place where. They couldn't negotiate a, a new trade agreement with the EU or couldn't negotiate one with the US, and we just end up with more tariffs. So, so I'm hopeful that some of the positive rhetoric can turn into to real policy, uh, but there, there's a lot of negative uh, things being said as well. Um, and you know, I think that from the, the perspective of policy scholars here at Cato, we're going to try to push everybody in the right direction. Um, but when politics gets involved, it, 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 sometimes it's hard to, to get real policy uh, into the conversation. How important is it for uh, the rest of the world, uh, particularly the United States, that the European Union and the United Kingdom have a strong, uh, robust free trade agreement? I think it would really be of great benefit to the UK and to the EU mostly, but to the rest of the world as well. Um, Many companies have set up their operation. This is uh, producers of manufactured products, producers of services, suppliers of services, they, they've set up their operations in a way that, it, that assumes a, a tightly integrated UK and, and you know, EU market. And if suddenly that disappears and everybody has to adjust, um, you know, I just it, I don't think the world is better off if, if people are having to you know tear down factories and build new new ones to readjust to to barriers um, being reimposed. I think there you know with any disruption in, in trade or policy in general, you're going to find winners and losers. I mean, somebody's going to find a way. If the UK is no longer supplying the EU for a particular product, you know, somebody else will step in and supply it, and they'll benefit from it. But on the whole, uh, when you see trade barriers being imposed, what you're what you're you're seeing is an overall reduction of welfare. So I think that the global economy and then specific national economies uh, w- will be worse off if the UK and EU can't keep to a 
a somewhat, you know, it'll be less free uh, trade relationship than it had, than it was before, but at least keep it within reason and don't go back to, you know, don't go, you know, the UK doesn't want to be in a position where it's just the Australia uh, or, or the US who just trades, you know, with the EU uh, on the usual terms, which means you're going to pay a lot of tariffs and face a lot of other barriers. So what what is the risk that you see of the European Union trying to get the United Kingdom essentially back into the fold in a sense that is abiding by a bunch of European Union rules that uh, uh that would have continued to govern the UK had they stayed in the European yeah, Union? Yeah, I, I think that you know if you look at some of the EU draft negotiating mandates and some of the things their negotiators have been saying they're expressing concern uh, about the UK deregulating or offering new subsidies in a way that gives them an unfair advantage, and they want rules to deal with it. And I, I think the Europeans are, are exaggerating those fears a bit. And the the, the problem uh, in the negotiations seems to be that the way the Europeans are presenting it is really uh, putting the the Brits off, <laughs> and they're they're reacting badly to this. And so each side um, is going through this routine of political posturing that I think just it sets a bad tone. It leads to distrust. Uh, so, so I think that what I'm hopeful is that the actual negotiators behind the scenes are being a little more nuanced, nuanced about this. Look, trade agreements these days all say something about regulations. Um, what we want to avoid is a, a really strictly worded uh, trade agreement between the UK and the EU that says the UK can't deviate from EU regulations because that won't work. The UK is not going to agree to that. So you, you've got to write it with some flexibility that says, yeah, generally speaking, we'd like to keep in rough alignment in terms of our regulations, but you know, gives a little flexibility um, to diverge uh, in very uh, in, for various reasons. So I, I think there's a way for the two sides to get together and, and have some wording that that you know, they can both point to and say, hey, we, we got what we wanted. Um, and it's the political posturing that I think uh, makes it, you know, there's an increasing likelihood that we just won't get a deal at all. And the UK and EU, instead of having a customs union and, and no borders to deal with, they're going to have borders and they're going to have to pay tariffs when they cross them. So just to be clear, about half of the trade that the UK engages in, cross-border trade, is with the European Union. The European Union is their biggest trading partner, and that's just look. It's it's the size of the European Union's economy. Um, it's the geographic location. It's right there. Um, the United States is also a big economy, and I'm hopeful that that the U.S. and U.K. can sign a trade agreement and you know, increase trade trade between each other. But there's just no getting away from the fact that the European Union is going to be uh, the U.K.'s biggest trading partner, and they they really need um, to maintain a good trade relationship. Now, how much? Uh power does Boris Johnson have with respect to trying to assure free trade? And is he is he really a free trader? Yeah, it's hard to get in the heads of, of these politicians. I try my best. Um, you know, reading over his speech the other day and just sort of having a, a general sense of him, I, I think he I think he is a free trader. I mean, I think that, you know, he you know, not a perfect one, not a pure one, and he's a politician, he's gonna make compromises compromises. But certainly, it came across the way he presented the argument came across as authentic and knowledgeable. I'm um, certainly in in strong contrast to somebody like Donald Trump when you hear Trump talk about trade. So I, you know, I'm I'm somewhat reassured that that Boris Johnson really does believe in this. You know, in terms of his power over things. Um, you know, he did just achieve some some great political successes. Uh, so I, I can see how 
you know, for the time being domestically, he's got a fair amount of power. You know, people should look at him as as somebody who got things done. Uh, and you know, if he if he got Brexit done, which I think we have to give him credit for, you know, and, and if he wants a a free trade agreement with, with the U.S. or a free trade agreement with the EU, um, yeah, I would give him the benefit of the doubt and, and see, you know, give, give him a chance to to make it happen. I did worry, though, about the the political posturing. As I said, I mean, I just I don't know that that's very valuable, and I think it undermines the negotiation more than it helps. And I think he'd be better off really not saying anything. You know, I, I can see how there are people in the UK who are put off by the European Union demands on a level playing field. Basically, you know, the UK shouldn't diverge from EU regulations. But I don't think you need to fight this out in the media. You know, just let the negotiator sit down and try to work on some language that 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 that. You know, smooths over these differences, uh, and you know, and making a big speech and, and calling out your your rivals, your you know, your negotiating rivals. I'm just not sure it helps. But you know, look, as I said, you know, he got some things done recently. Um, let's see what he can do here. The United States now has two new agreements to negotiate, and presumably other countries do as well. Is there anything that sub- changes substantially between the United States and the European Union now that? Great Britain is no longer a part of it. I think that with with regard to U.S. EU talks, we've been down this road. You know, President Obama um, tried really hard to get a, a big trade agreement with with the EU, the Transatlantic Transatlantic Trade Investment Partnership (TTIP), uh, and he failed. I mean, it, they they said we're going to focus on regulatory issues, and I think that was just too much. The differences were too great. Uh, President Trump's giving it another shot in his own way, and, and his way is to uh, impose tariffs and threaten tariffs and use that leverage to to get people to to cave in to make concessions, and that's what he's trying with the EU. Um, I, I don't think there's much hope for a broad and comprehensive trade deal with with the EU right now. I do think that you know there might be a, you know, a few products here and there. Uh, where the EU has been reluctant to approve the the sale of of, of the U.S. agriculture product, for example, there, and and maybe on in the on, in the reverse, the U.S. has been reluctant to approve the sale of a, a European product, and, and so we can have some product specific deals. You know, we get enough done that we can have a big cre- press conference and say, hey, you know, we, we've we've achieved victory, we've had some success. But I think a, sort of a, a broader uh, reimagining of the U.S. EU trade relationship is is not coming anytime soon. Simon Lester is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.